You're listening to Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. Our aim, as always, is to help the people of God understand, love, and enjoy the Word of God. For more information, visit us at theologyuntucked.com. Welcome to another episode of Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. Tonight's episode is titled, Online Church? And now, here are your hosts and theologians, Ecclesia de Vivi, Tim and Caleb. I love the inflection of the title for today's episode, Online Church? Online Church? <laughs> We had, we had to be able to put that uh, question mark exclamation point in there somehow. Uh, one of those topics that has been stuck in our craw for several months now uh, due to coronavirus and everything else, which I'm assuming is still uh, hammering away at our cultural foundations uh, whenever we release this episode in the coming month. Uh, goodness, it's 2021. May- you know, the question that comes to my mind now that is 2021 is, isn't this election supposed to be over by now? It feels like it's still going on. Tonight's the night of the, the Georgia runoff elections. <laughs> still counting votes places. I live in New York 22, which is the one House representative, or representative of the House race that still hasn't been determined because they're like less than 15 votes away from each other after 1.3 million votes have been counted. And so they just keep recounting and recounting and recounting and finding new ones and finding new ones. And it's it's the election that will never go away and the sickness that will never go away and this bizarre. I'm just like, ready to go reality. ahead and just go ahead and put the hammer and sickle up on the flag. Cheese. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I, why not? Um, there on the other end. No, I'm, I'm not being serious, but now there's all of these. Uh trump people that are heading into dc um so that's gonna be interesting uh saw some interviews earlier that i mean there's literally people heading there with with gear um somebody somebody's representing mississippi um too um i mean talking about if trump orders us to like storm the capital if pence doesn't overturn i'm just like i'm going this is this is real this is actually happening um yep i i I say this in in the most definitive way i can everyone has lost their damn minds and i mean that on every political side i mean that in the theological world i mean that in church which is why we are having this episode here tonight uh we've all lost our collective minds and most of us have lost our individual minds and and the fact that we cannot see that isolationism leads to um leads to radicalism leads to polarization in the culture wide i i i just what we are doing to ourselves is ripping our culture to shreds in under a year and we wonder why it was the most contentious election. A whole lot of it, not all of it, a whole lot of it has to do with the fact that we are simply not interacting on a human level anymore. No, and, and, and it was it, it was a slow roll getting here. Even before that, right? Um, you know, we've been heading here. It just uh, it definitely snowballed. 
Um, yes, it did. And uh, it's heartbreaking. Um, you know, we kind of see the same types of things. And maybe, you know, maybe there's a time I, I could even say point back um, in my life where, you know, things just kind of snowballed for the worst. And, and it seemed mm-hmm. like, you know, you're just like in hell all of a sudden. But then, of course, if you if you really reflect and t- take a look back on your life and you're being honest that the, the place that you got in um, was a slow ro- roll that kind of ended up coming and culminating on, on a lot of events. And, you know, the, the pain is really evident during that snowball time. But but there was a lot of a lot of signs that we were heading to this place um and look for anybody that doesn't know where this leads by now Mm -hmm. whether you're a student of history or not i mean you're just you're very naive um and so i mean hey i mean i don't really i don't even really know how to i'm bring it on uh i I, we need it um it's gonna take uh it's gonna take people having to probably get their um heads cut off um it's gonna take that unfortunately um eventually it it seems to be heading that direction Uh, unless something comes in and interrupts it you're right Historically speaking, that's where movements like this go. And I mean that on both sides, because every war takes two sides. Every every conflict takes sides like this. The way people are talking about e- each other in their same country is is really just simply, it's, it, it is astounding. Uh, we're not that old, and we know that this is exceptional uh, over the past many, many decades. I mean, there was all sorts of divisions and riots and things like this in the 60s and 70s and a number of things but as far as for divisiveness at this level where there's just simple mistrust of every institution i honestly postmodernism is doing it it's it's level best at destroying every concept of certainty uh with anything and so we call everything into question everything is looked at with a skeptical eye that's the first eye we use yeah. And there's never considered any trust of any institution or any power or any authority anywhere. And that's not an exaggeration. That's the whole point. No, I and I um, mean I'm I'm there. Um I have little yeah. I have very little trust in um institutions and, and people. Um but when Christ is my king, um right. Christ is my king. Christ you know that the the spirit of god allows us as the body of christ to bring this discernment on us so to not lord ourselves over into an authority mm-hmm. that's that's dangerous um, and here's here's the real here's the real risk if you ask me from just simply a historical perspective we as a people should sh- whenever a cultural reset happens your your aim is to actually be in a better place after the reset or revolution yeah. or war, whatever the heck's coming. We lack the philosophical and theological fortitude to land at a better place. Yeah. We're kind of more like the French Revolution than we are the American Revolution. 
where they ended up with an emperor afterwards you know i mean that that kind of stuff if it's not done well tends to get worse not better and you know we just exchange a devil that we know for a devil that we don't and it's kind of a crapshoot as to what it's going to be um and i honestly think that's one of the biggest risks that not many people are talking about is where where do we go from here yeah. It, the the answer is anyone's guess because you know we're just we're here and we're reminded as Christians we're, we're not we're not going to sit here in despair we pray for our leaders um, and right. you know I always grew up thinking that oh well, we pray for their salvation that's not what the scripture says the scripture says pray for your leaders that you may live in peace yes that is that is what we aim for we aim to preach the gospel without hindrance. Though, if we are hindered, we will still preach it. And that has something a little bit to do with tonight's topic. Um, man, I tell you, the past year, so many different questions have arisen about the nature of church. And, you know, sickness and pandemics and you know, people taking commands like loving your neighbor out of context and applying it to whatever they feel like. Um, you know, it, it, is a, um, it is a scary thing. To me, it is a scarier thing to watch churches uh, stop meeting, almost almost willy nilly. Now, I, I I don't want to seem mean about this, um, but here's here's what I've witnessed where I am. the The ability to just pivot to quote unquote online church or online meeting or online fellowship or whatever people are calling it these days has led our local churches where I am to now set a precedent for that. We had a significant snowstorm over Christmas break. We've had them before. And instead of all the guys coming with their snow shovels and just blaze a trail to the door, which we've done dozens and dozens of winters before, we just canceled. Just move it online. Not because coronavirus numbers are high, but because convenience, well, it's the same thing, think. right? It's the same thing. Yeah, it's convenience. Well, you know, it's just snow was too deep. You know, couldn't get enough volunteers. Everyone wants to just kind of do it online anyway. So we just did that. Hey, Bob just ain't scared of making up a pretty good excuses and being pretty creative about not. But see, coming. we're in upstate sure. New York. The idea of closing church for snow. Yeah, it's not that, like down here. Um, right, right. But we had every ability to get there. It, just, it's 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 an interesting dynamic um you know i i, I get but you see you know we had we had this kind of online church thing um hip church thing going um before any of the covid stuff right um and i'm not saying it was a bad thing um obviously <laughs> well meaning like if i'm traveling or work or this or that you've got elderly you know it i mean it, it it makes sense if you've got the technology there to where you could right. stream it and they're not you know, not not as a re, what i'm saying is not as a replacement not as but a as, replacement for for church uh and i don't think that's i don't I'm think that there's anybody that i specifically ran it's that really thought or believed that now that you know there's oh. There, there. I know that there are some. I'm saying that w within people that I know that are in ministry that would have said that 
yeah, this is totally okay to totally replace um, relationship and actual be and and really, I guess what we're talking about, Tim, is is being in the presence of one Correct. another. Um, and which this is not just an online chat here. Like you and I are not. I mean, we're we're what fifteen hundred miles away from each we're other. We're fifteen hundred right? miles away. Um, but this, you know, this is not church. I mean, there, there's Correct. no way that me or you, either one of us, would ever try to communicate the idea that this is something that should replace re- relationship with a community of a body of believers, um, submitting yourself to the authority of of not only a, a, a pastor that loves and shepherds your soul well, but but submitting yourself to the authority of Christ and what we're called to in discipleship. Um, but there's many people that are making that exact argument now. And there's people that are making that argument, um, unf- unfortunately, with within the, the body. Um, that's yes. alarming. Um, it, like I said, now it's one thing if it's a temporary deal. But there and again, too, we live in a country... Um, to where that this is, this is devastating that, that, that we would think about that. So, you know, I, I, I'm thankful that there was people like John MacArthur and his church that took a stand. And, um, Mm -hmm. even though that California was doing whatever that California was doing, and it was basically illegal for them to be able to meet that they took a stand and, and met. And of course you could see the early signs of what was what what was it they were saying? They were they were starting to blame COVID on Christians. Yep. Just just this happened early in the first and second century. You know Correct. things like this. Um, Nero burns the burns down Rome. They blame it on the Christians. Um, so right. it it there's repeated themes throughout history. They may not mm-hmm. be exactly the same. But if you do not see this, brothers and sisters, beloved of Christ that are out there, of what is coming down the pipe in this in this country, you're very naive. Um, you need and, to wake and, up. And what it's revealing about how little staying power we have as a whole. How how many how many people were actually even resisting these types of things at all? The, the government, I, I, you know, here, here I will show part of my libertarian side. The government does not have a right to stop a church from peaceably assembling. No. I, I don't care what executive order. I don't care. I don't even care if it was constitutionally allowable. We do serve our governors. We do serve our neighbors. Yes. But before all of that, we serve our God. And he has told us that there is a requirement upon us, a health need that we have that assembling together is designed to meet the, the sacraments of word, of communion, of baptism, mm-hmm. of fellowship, of giving of alms, 
All of these things that we do when we come together, the hearing of the word, the responding to the word, the, the fellowship of believers, the love of believers, the bearing of one another's burdens, the confessing of sins together, the, the absolution pronounced of Christ, these things are not exchangeable for listening to a sermon online. No. We, 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 are, we are giving up everything so that we don't have to be brave because we don't actually care about it. That's the real thing that it's revealing is how many people and how many churches don't actually think that what they're doing is important. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I'm, I'm just gonna, but my church, my, I, I love my church. Um, and so it may, maybe, maybe that looks a little bit different than, but the, the, but we did we never stopped we never stopped meeting um, we we adjusted and and we adapted uh, and and we still are um, mm-hmm. it's not like we were rebels it, it's not like we were going and breaking the law it's not like we we're um, going up in arms um, we're wanting to live and be now thankfully you know we're in Mississippi we didn't have to deal with a lot of um, a lot of stuff that some other states did, um, but Our, we were ours. talking about yeah. we were my uh, pastor um, and I were talking about this kind of thing today. Not not with COVID, but just just talking about being uh, how important that is as as a body um, mm-hmm. for for healing, um, meaning spiritual mental uh, growth uh, everything we i i couldn't have i couldn't have been able to be where i am today and it's not like i'm super great but it, it, it it's like a hospital it, it's it, it's it's like being in the military and then you're back at the barracks because it th- there's this time of healing of recouping of learning it, you know how is it if i you know I have a, say, maybe an anger problem. Well, how is it that I help with healing my anger problem? Well, I'm around other brothers and sisters of Christ where I can watch and observe. that They're not teaching me or, or preaching to me about this and that and this is how you or have some kind of systematic thing. No, I'm, I'm around other body of believers, and I can watch and learn how patient perseverance and, and how this person mm-hmm. that's a it, it's nothing ultra mystical i mean it just kind of makes sense I mean, you know how is it you get to be a better pool player well you're at playing pool against other pool players that are better i mean it, it, it's well you're, you're hitting on the exact theological issue right i mean you you say it all the time is is, is there's there's more gnosticism in in american christianity than there is the gospel of christ yeah we're pretty yeah, good it, at gnosticism the, we we almost imagine ourselves as just souls that are unfortunately trapped in these bodies and so that we somehow who cares our souls can just meet online we can exchange our information through sound through i can see you i can hear you it's just through the senses right you know 
it, the body is unimportant or immaterial. I mean, it's reflected in, in the way that we see burial versus cremation now. We don't even question it. Well, whatever, just whatever's cheapest, most pragmatic, the body doesn't matter anymore. This this theological concept has, has led us to a denial of resurrection, a focus on heaven as the ultimate state rather than the new heavens and new earth. We it's it's led us to this 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 perfect storm of bad theology that just drinks in the idea of online church and not leaving my house to actually ever be challenged by other people's existences and bodies their 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 influence on our life i can control when it's on the screen how much they see of my life i can control I can wear my PJs. And, and that's, that's really what it's all about. Am I even wearing pants? You don't even know. Right? Are you wearing pants? I am wearing pants. Uh, I always wear pants on Zoom. Because I know that every once in a while a kid's going to bust up in this room and I'm going to have to stand up and nobody wants to see all that. That's disgusting. <laughs> what, wearing pants? What are you wearing? <laughs> I just, you know, I just had the mental picture of if you weren't. Um, you're welcome yeah so you know this 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 kind of theological bent that we have away from the importance of church and uh the importance of the assembly it's not just church like the building and and i kept on hearing all the time well the the church is a people it's not a building that that's not actually true the church is a people assembled Mm -hmm. it's not just a people it's not just an identity of a group of people. It's it's literally the word is ecclesia. It means assembly. Mm-hmm. We have to assemble, right? I mean, this is not this is not a hard thing. You know, where two or three are gathered together, and that's not on a Zoom call. It, you know, he's speaking in the context of of church discipline. And here's here's one of the real things, right? It comes down to the definition of what a church an assembly actually can be called an assembly versus a couple of Christians hanging out. Um, uh, John Calvin actually did some work on this on, you know, they had to go through how do we define what the church is? Because before it was really easy. If it was a Catholic church, you know, it had the, the correct, um, it had the correct uh, blessings. It had the correct uh, commissions and it had the correct um, fog machine, skinny jeans, (laughs) Oh goodness gracious! Um, you know, it it had it had the correct. Um, uh, why am I having a hard time coming up with this? The, the bone pieces and fragments of of, of people gone by. Um, what did they call them? Why am I Why am I having a brain freeze on this? I've taught on this a thousand times. Well, it's been a while since we've. It's been a couple weeks. We've been. I tell you, we've had we've had food poisoning and. Um, craziness with jobs and sickness and so oh my gosh my entire church history class if they watch this is just going to laugh it's at me gonna be I talk about it's this gonna be, all the time and we were gonna be having draper relics on Do- relics Jeez. relics <laughs> yeah if i didn't say that i think i was just i had no clue where you're going i would have helped you out relics right so it, you have to have the right relics in order to build the entire cathedral around or whatnot you know that was defining of the church. The church was the organization, the power, the hierarchy, the buildings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when the Protestant Reformation came around, one of those that was trying to do work on defining what the church is and what actually makes a church versus not a church, 
John Calvin actually did some work on this with regards to defining a church as the place where the sacraments are rightly observed and church discipline is rightly carried out. Hmm. Church discipline. That's definitely an episode that we need to talk about on exactly what that is. Exactly. Exactly. So let's make a mental note and stick that into the future. But but that being a requirement, which which requires then a certain authority structure, which requires then a certain number of people, which then requires a certain accountability and a certain uh, familiarity and a certain, you know, there's there's so many things that go into that. But those being the basic two is you've got the sacraments, which, you know, word and and um, and communion and baptism and all the all the others. And then you have uh, specifically church discipline. So that these things are actually carried out, are held to, and move on. Now, I'm not saying whether I agree with or not. I'm just saying that how many people, when you sit down and say, you know, define for me the church, and they just go, oh, it's just the people. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a really bad definition. It, 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 on its simplest, it can be the people of God assembled together. But... Then it calls into question, why are they there? What's the purpose of this assembly? What's it to accomplish? What does a bad assembly of Christians look like? You know, it may not be a false church, but it could be a bad church. Well, usually too. So like, I do believe with the, that statement that the, the church is the, the people of God, but usually people are, when they're saying, well, they're just the people. What is it that they're usually saying? They're they're making an excuse for not having to go to church and doing what. Um, Correct. I am the church, right? Uh, it's kind of like you know. I remember back when I was in the back in the army, um, and I was I'd been enlisted, and then I was you know get getting my commission. Uh, and I just remember they had this this marketing campaign that was it was called. You remember remember the army of one. Oh yeah, yeah. Stupidest thing I've like ever heard for a. And of course, I remember like saying that to to the colonel because um, I wasn't being a team player at the time, and uh, you know he was getting on to me. I'm like, hey, I'm an army of one, um, and of course he smoked me pretty good. But uh, you know, it. I mean, he he was right. I you know I needed to learn how to use the team and the gifts of the people around me. That's one. Of, that was one of the most amazing things about being in the army that I've learned of it'll, it, it'll surely just beat any of the racist bigot types of tendencies, um, out of you because you gotta sometimes sleep buck naked right next to somebody that ain't like you, uh, mm-hmm. to stay warm, to survive. Um, and, and that's very much, Look, we're, yeah, we're not doing that in the church, but uh, we need one another to survive. We we need one another to stay warm. So I'm telling you, when it gets bad, you ain't you ain't worried about what skin other cut uh, the, of the person that's next to you because you need them. You need mm-hmm. the body of Christ. You need to be close. And uh, I, I mean, there's a. I don't know. I'd like to even see something on like a, like a theology of touch. Of, um, I mean, there's a reason right. why there was the apostles laid hands. Right. Um, and and if you've if you've never had 
look, we're not charismatics. If you've never had someone lay their hands on you and pray and tell me that it's not powerful, um, we can't do that online. Um, Tim and I love each other. We can love each other, but it's still, it's not the same as, is when hmm. I'm there with Tim and, and that, you know, we're able to meet. I mean, that, that this goes without saying, I, I mean, I don't even actually, I wonder if it does. I mean, I mean, people are starting to catch on that there are, there are drawbacks, but I don't, I don't know that a huge swath of people are yet realizing that this is simply not possible to do church from afar. It just, it doesn't, it, that's, it's, there are things that you're talking about, theology of touch. There is, there is, there is a reality to the way that humans are designed to interact, even just on the basic level that, that we seem to be missing. I mean, try I, getting I, married, um, and having a relationship without being able to touch your spouse. Right. It, it sorry, that's not. That's not a marriage. No. Um, no. Why, I mean, why would we think that... And I, look, I'm sure there's probably people that do it or think that they can do it. Um, stupid. I mean, it just... It, it, no, it's it's not going to work. Right. Um, I need to be present with my family here. I need to be mm-hmm. with my family. I need to be able to touch my wife and my child. Um, right. and, and to think that it would ever be okay for me to just maybe let's just say like, I'd love to go to like Israel and go on an archeological dig for a couple years mm-hmm. or, um, and you know, this, Hey, you know, I can, sweetie, I can FaceTime you. Um, right. yeah, that ain't going to work. Uh, we'll do it. We'll do it on schedule. I'll never be late. You know, what's missing, you know, and it's not just the sensual stuff either. It's just, I'll send you money. I can send you money. And it's not about that. Yeah, we can still tithe. We can still do all of these things in theory. We can have our juice and bread right here in front of us. And um, individually wrapped. Don't get me started. um, Yeah. I I just. uh, Now, on the other end, I'm not saying that like. It's like a temporary deal that that you're in and and where you can do something on a temporary basis so we're not saying that technology is bad we're not saying that this isn't something that you Hmm. that you did temporarily because maybe you are on archaeological day or maybe because there is a covid breakout or maybe because the mayor and you're trying to to do things so we're not we're We're not not talking about the exceptions we're talking about the rule yeah we're but to ever to any for anybody to to think that it would be okay to replace that and i I guess the reason i think tim why it's important is because we know what's eventually coming um and that has nothing to do with trump biden any of that stuff what what's coming is is it's going to be Much eventually where it's illegal for us to be able to do this. Right. So what happens then? Um, are we going to go underground and, oh, you, you, you can bet your butt this guy is uh, to the death. Um, yeah. So it may look a little bit different than it does now. Um, right. But I'll be digging a hole and, 
and our church or whatever is going. You know, we're going to meet. Right. They're doing this in China now. <laughs> uh, fast. The church has been doing this throughout forever. its entire history. Forever. I mean, the the church was they they saw such an importance. Of, they weren't just in the catacombs to hide away because they were being persecuted. That's kind of a simplistic look on this. They're, they're, they were in the catacombs because there was a lot of people that were former members that were asleep there. Yeah. And plus, they couldn't meet was, in the synagogues anymore because that's where they originally were meeting. Right, 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 right. And so there, there, there was, it was like all history. It's multifaceted. It's far more complex than simplicity. Um, but th- there was an aspect of expectation of resurrection. There was an aspect of we're going to do this whether or not the culture wants us to do this. This is important. I don't care what else is important. Am I going to be careless about this? No. But am I going to let it let it override what we are here to do? Now, um, let's just be perfectly frank about this. Is the job of the Christian to stay alive the longest or to fellowship with other Christians until the Lord calls them home? I mean, where where do we see that staying alive the longest is more important than joining together as the church? Now, I, I don't want to be flippant here, and I'm not. And I don't say these things lightly. We are at the risk of losing... I, You and I actually attended a doctoral seminar where somebody was... And I'm, they'll remain nameless. You know who I'm talking about. Someone that I do not care much for. Um, was making the argument that online church is the future. And we should embrace it, and we should get ahead of that curve and design it well. That happened back in I want to say May. Yeah, I don't know if you recall yeah, that I meeting. Rem- yeah, I do. Um, my my jaw just about hit the floor because I'm looking at this as one of the worst ideas. Not because I'm some Christian luddite. No, I I I have a very advanced computer system and sitting in front of me, I utilize technology all the time i do not like to lag technology i have the cutting edge pretty much everything this is a mistake because it's a categorical difference than anything this is not oh let's change the tempo of the songs that we sing when we gather together this is we're not gathering together anymore and we're, we're going to design something so that we don't have to so that we can control something we're we're almost talking not almost we are talking about how many places did we go in that conversation of of, of VR attendance of artificial of holographic sermons of I mean the things coming down the pike people have not even thought about yet and we lack the theological fortitude widely speaking to actually combat the difficulties and the dangers of it that's that's why I wanted to have this conversation. Well, I mean, if we don't think theologically correct now we're not going to be thinking theologically correct when i mean well because that's another thing the technology boom uh because you know i invest um there's the technology boom is oh man that like so 5g to 4g um, you know, when we went from That's... 3G to 4G, we're, we're talking about like maybe the size of a needle to the size of a pin. We're talking about the size of a pin to like the size of a Saturn New York rocket. I, I mean, at the, of a subway yeah. tunnel. I mean, the we're, we're talking about being able to do some amazing things real time. Mm-hmm. Like I can be a doctor here in America operating on a 
soldier that's in, injured out in the field in real time in, in, in Afghanistan. That's some amazing Correct. stuff. I'm all about being able to cure things, to save people's lives, to now. Then we start going to start asking the questions, at what point do we allow things into our body to take over our mind? I mean, we already right. know trauma-based mind control and mind controls happen for years through the AI on Google to the commercials that we watch. And if you don't filter Forget that. mind control, behavioral control. Behavioral control. Just we, just watch social networks. Goodness gracious. Um, and so That's all they're about. We've got to police that, and we do a poor job of it. And, like, we're talking mm-hmm. about being able to, you know, full-on have a microchip uh, into my brain where I can have all mm-hmm. this stuff pull up on, on my eyeball. And then, hey, I can have I can have church just come in here right on my eyeball while I'm uh, doing all my – no – um, that's within that's within the next fifteen years. That's that's and, within and the be, next five years. I was I would being say. conservative, I, but it, the, the 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 things that are coming down, most people don't actually realize what questions we're going to have to answer very soon. Um, and honestly, there aren't people really answering it to the hey, you know, let's let's stay away from this because not not because it's a bad thing. And I, I say this in my church history class all we the time. We should be when we're, cautious. When we're talking about stuff. You know, yeah, right. When, when we're talking about like an invention or a new thing or a book or, you know, computers or whatever, there, there's always like this, this race to resist and like resisting the newest thing is the most spiritual thing, right? This, this, as I referred to Christian Ludditism, right? This, this idea that if I lag behind culture by 20 years, I'm pretty awesome. If I lag behind it 40 years, I'm great. If I, you know, I'm super and I'll just, I'm super spiritual. I'll just lag behind it like 200 years and not even use cars and stuff and Amish and things like this. Right. And so there's, there's this desire to just lag behind culture and that's not what we're saying here, and I don't want anyone to hear that. It's about that. thinking about I, what the implications are, and then sometimes we don't know. Maybe. Exactly. It, exactly. And it's not defining things as if they're bad things. The internet is not a bad thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It can be used for bad, and it can be used for good. Can we use it for good? And, and I say this all the time in my history class, when whenever we're talking about inventions that affected theology in the church is let's let's avoid calling the thing itself bad right and see can it be used for good or does it only have bad uses etc cetera, etc cetera, right so you know i mean are we ever going to bring um trapeze artists into church for instance it's a thing you know, is, is there any purpose that it would serve in the church the answer is no okay unless it's a church so, for trapeze artists <laughs> so uh <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure there's some Christian trapeze. It would kind of make sense. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, if you know, they would only be exception. gathering together with other Christian trapeze artists, then maybe we could hey, make one exception in history. I've sure. seen Cirque du Soleil. I mean, they... yeah. I mean, it's basically like watching The Last Supper every time I watch them. <laughs> that would uh, that would like make communion interesting. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh, Jimmy spilled the juice again. <laughs> Why he practices so much? <laughs> he he did this one non-net. Somebody shook my hand in church three weeks ago, mm. and I almost cried. Mm. It had been so long. 
it had been months. Yeah. And this person is an older person. Hmm. Um, I did not offer. They came up and essentially forced themselves to do so. Have you... Because they've, they've missed this so much and they, they can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you I, brought that I nearly up. broke down crying just to shake somebody's hand. How, um, because y'all have had more of that, I guess, isolation than, than we Complete. have here. Um, I mean, was it the, was there, I, I guess, I don't know, I, it's scared or fear or maybe that you're a, not that you're, because I know that you're not a scared person, but meaning that, but I know that you're a very aware person and understanding that there's probably other people that are scared and fearful. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've noticed and sensed this, you know, even here and being around where there's some people that are, you could just feel the fear um, all over uh, them and my, and my heart breaks on the other end of that. You, you see some people that like, going with disregard that which is foolish um yep it is and and so there there's kind of both both sides of it um there is and and here's the thing there wasn't a conversation beforehand or anything like this yeah not literally beforehand (laughs) um and and it was just a it was just this moment and you talk about theology of touch i'll tell you right off it affects you when you've gone nine months without shaking somebody's hand when you've shook hands and interacted given hugs for your whole life and you you've interacted on this level and all of a sudden it's gone Mm. and and you realize why we always interacted on that level it wasn't just because it was a cultural thing to see who's got the stiffest handshake or you know or glad hand in everyone just to make friends around or you know who's the huggiest or you know who greets the most emotionally or no there is something that happens with that moment that we have not had in our lifetimes uh, uh, an extended period like this where nobody was doing it. Yeah. And so now it's, it's almost like our own control group and it's just, it's like coming out of it and you're just like blinking in the sunrise for the first time going, Oh, there was something important to all of that. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's, it's like people who have, who have been trying it, you know, it, it is, it's kind of always the, the conservative hope that reality asserts itself eventually. We need these things to live as a culture. We need these things to survive as people, uh, healthfully, mentally, spiritually. Um, we need physical interaction with other members of the human race. Um, and that is that is simply a requirement of life. It's and, scriptural, and, and too. And church should be all about the flourishing of life. This is in the biblical text, too. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of... of is it Peter, Second Peter, or First Peter about that kiss of peace? Um, like when you think about that, um, greeting one another with kiss of peace. That's that. That's in First Peter. Uh, greet one another with holy kisses. Second Corinthians. That's Paul and Romans sixteen. Okay. Um, 
But I mean that that right there is and and so yeah. Obviously this is a I'm about to say it wasn't Peter. Yeah, it was Paul. Uh to the Corinthians and to the A Romans, cultural yes. thing. We're not we're not doing the the kiss of peace. We but we do we do hug. It, you're not saying that we have to kiss, right. but I mean they um culturally that's and he, and, and and he's commanding that um <laughs> something that's culturally relevant during their time is something that we should be doing. Now, I also right. know that they used these certain ideas and things um, against the church. Because remember, they, they, they would say that they were having orgies and they were sacrificing right. babies um, because and of this. eating flesh, right? And eating because, flesh. Because, you know, the communion was described and misunderstood. And you could understand um, how someone sure. outside the church would could misunderstand that. Um, yeah, here, here's our... Here's our Messiah who died, we're eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Right? I mean, that's, that's not hard to misinterpret. <laughs> <clears throat> and and so obviously, um, Christianity's been around long enough to know that that's um, not what's going on and taking place. But right. there is those types of things taking place um, that are not Christian, um, and that mm-hmm. that's a fact. Um, that there is, there's evil in the world. So, like you know, when we're talking about systems and things and technology, it's not that that thing is bad. It, it's, it's, it's having and thinking, having some forethought of how could this be used against us? How how could this be used as evil? And being aware of it, not being naive. Mm-hmm. Um, and can we use it for good? And if we can use it for good, you know, you have my blessing. Yeah. You know, you, you want to find a way to use holograms for good and to further the cause of Christ in the world? I'll more power to you, man. I you know, there I that's not really in my mind. I've got a whole nother set of skills that does not involve holographic thing. Who knows? The the century is young. But I you know, as far as, as how these things can be used, I don't know, but I will say if it involves us not gathering we've entered a different category where we're no longer talking about the assembly of the body of christ we are talking about a cheap ripoff that that will never ever suffice for human flourishing or for the constant reminder of the gospel the way christ designed it to be you know i i honestly i already have an issue with with quote-unquote communion with that's all individually wrapped I mean, can can we Weirdo. think of anything more destructive to the original picture? Hmm. What about? Jesus is not just individually wrapped for you. This is my body, my one body broken for, quote, plural, you all. Hmm. And this is my blood. This here in one cup is spilled out for the sins of many. It, it is it is one to many. Um you know, and and it it was always intended to picture that. And and look, I, I understand. I'm not going to quibble over this and that. It's just no, it, I'm right there. Every with little you. piece of it just keeps bringing us further and further away from the. Well, design. I have a question for you specifically with communion. So you know, I grew up in a tradition. Um, communion is something that we took as a body of Christ every Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Our previous, my previous church, I did that in. Yeah. Um, and so, I, 
I didn't really kind of know any different. Um, and then, of course, you know, you marry a Baptist and you do it maybe four times a year or what, you know, that it, it was just, it was different. Um, and that's and, so people don't complain. Well, and, and so anyway, I, I was, I was wondering like, when did that start taking, cause we know that the early church, that this was something that was, that they did all the time all the time so when did that change out of you know from the reformation where it like maybe went from being quarterly to like how was it that that transpired or changed i I just i've thought about that yeah so obviously the mass um from the catholic church which you know before are they trying to make themselves not so catholic is that kind of maybe how that evolved or no. Um, so there was, I would say, and now this would be an interesting question actually to interact with, um, with Mark Draper at some point yeah. um, that we want to talk to him about because it, it, a lot of it was cultural aspects. Uh, a lot of it was differentiations, but a lot of it was simply downplaying of the mass, especially of the sacraments. So it's you know the, the transubstantiation you know, in, in the common way of referring to it when the lower church concept will think less of the sacraments, um, you know it, it it will it will even call, rename them ordinances and then it'll actually you know instead of Eucharist which is the Greek word for Thanksgiving it it calls it communion. Um, you know, and th- there's nothing specifically more spiritual about one or the other. It's just every part of it was was pulling it away from the importance. And so what instead took its place um, in the Protestant Reformation very intentionally, especially in Reformed churches, was the sacrament Exposition. of the word. Right, yeah. So they would actually destroy an altar on which the transubstantiation took place in a church, and they would take all the wood from that altar and build a pulpit and preach the word. So, I mean, you're, you're seeing the picture that they're trying to get across here is this is the real word of God come to us. And so there, there, a lot of it had to do with, with an, an overextension of focus to the word. Now don't hear me that I'm saying that that's a bad thing. I'm saying because the pendulum swung that way so fast and so hard and it, it kind of left behind anything too. that stank like Catholicism. Yeah, it kept swinging too because you know during that yeah. that the tradition that I grew up out of come, you know, comes out of that second Great Awakening, uh, the Restorationist, and, and you sure. know, so they're trying to get and, and which back I can really uh, back back yeah back to the most primitive form, and and you can understand that. Um, Mm-hmm. That so you know like the ideas of creeds and and things like that got to be you know that they're just something that you did not do they were a bad thing it and it wasn't it, it wasn't like that but you just kind of kept our seeing only that, creed is creeds are bad right our only creed <laughs> is creeds are bad um, but but you see what happens is you know you end up making up your own creeds and your own you, you just didn't you call do. them that. Um, Order of worships are bad. This is how we do worship instead. <laughs> right. right. Um, it's inevitable, um, all of these things. And, and it's really ha- kind of how we, how we think about all, all of these things. Um, and so mm-hmm. th- it's interesting, interesting conversations. Um, 
So it was it was a decided effort for me. So the church that I came into back about ten years ago um, was you know is typical Baptist observation of the Lord's Supper was every other month, first Sunday okay. every other month. And so, you know, you get six times a year unless, you know, someone forgets or whatever. So five, six times a year. And um, one of one of the things that really began to challenge me was just simply seeing the history of how the church, both both historically as well as since the Reformation and even the early church. And the, the biggest push for me was the early church. Mm-hmm. And the command of Christ to do this as often as you eat or yeah. drink of it, which to them was every blasted meal. Yeah. They would have these things. Yeah, every, every and they're time. breaking bread house to house. And we, we, we've exchanged that out for praying before a meal. Yeah. And think of how many times you pray for a meal. That's how many times they had communion. It, it wasn't this high church, you know, ordeal, some sacrificial thing going on. This was, hey, I'm at table with you. It seems like I remember of reading a paper or something, too. We were talking about praying over meals. Um, you know, because Paul's, uh, Paul's writing on this, the idea of food sacrifice to idols. And it's an interesting, right. weird, kind of confusing deal because he's he doesn't necessarily say that it's not okay to eat food sacrifice to idols, but he doesn't say it's okay either. But he's trying to take the the focus off of it it doesn't matter but it does if this if that but but mm-hmm. the confusing part about it to also too is it's you can understand how living in that culture and if maybe someone's spiritually immature or they're worried about it or whatever and that that's why they would pray over you know mm-hmm. just, hey I, I don't know if this was sacrificed to an idol whatever it means nothing but there and again we're gonna we're gonna pray over the meal um i i just i, I just remember I, i'm trying to remember where that came from i'm wanting to think it was from a discussion about a paper or something um but it was just uh, an interesting i've never thought about yeah. um about yeah, oh, well, i that wrote that paper for our hermeneutics class i think two three years ago something like that. i'd never thought um, of that um but it makes mm-hmm. sense in that culture of hey it, i'm uh Obviously, we're not necessarily when we when I go to Chili's, I'm not worried about if the hamburger had been, uh, you know, offered to bail. Well, according according to Paul, don't ask, don't ask, don't <laughs> tell. He had a sake. don't ask, don't tell policy on the. That's actually pretty much exactly what he said. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of stuff like that that um, you know. Especially when Jesus is talking about communion, um, Eucharist, Lord's Supper, Last Supper, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, when he's talking about this, do this as often as you eat and drink of it in remembrance of me. And, and it is it is that that just kept sticking in my head and walking through of the book of Acts uh, where where they're going from house to house, breaking bread with gladness and, and, and saying the prayers and, you know, and, and hearing the apostles' teachings and, you know, this is church. Now, I am not part of the restoration movement. I do not envy it. I do not desire to be a part of it because I don't think that God has us in the first century. He has us in the 21st century and he didn't put us here by accident. I don't think we need to recreate the first century. I think we need to be 
the 21st century church here. And it's going to look very different. And that's okay. We do not need to dress like them any more than we need to sing like them. It's different, but it's the same. Right. And, And what has kept it the same? throughout all of this what what is Jesus? so central that what can define a church in the first century defines a church in the 21st century it is Divine. not where we meet it is not what our buildings look like it's not what we smell like it's not what the music sounds like it's not what we dress like it's not what the pews are like it's not it's not any of this stuff these are all accoutrements adiaphora as as our 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 seminary president would say about uh, everything. Um, What is central? That is Christ. That is remembering him. That is all of his work. It is the scriptures, the teachings of the apostles and prophets. And it is the fellowship of the saints, the communion of saints. And, and, and inside of that is the whole bag of things from, from church discipline to baptism to, to the stuff that we do. The confession of sins, the bearing of burdens, the praying for one another, the laying on of hands, the anointing of oil, whatever it looks like. Those things must be done in person. That is not a set of negotiables. These are actually the definers of the church. And that's why I say it, it's not just the people wherever the heck they happen to be. It is the people assembled for the purpose that God has left them in this world for. And, and, and that's not some social justice thing. That is the remembrance of Christ. The, 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 the apostle and prophets teaching the old new testaments as we carry them. It, it, it is carrying on those commandments of Christ. It is carrying on the instructions of Christ, the, the teachings, the, the word of God, the everything that cannot be done online. Now, if we live in a time where there's serious, serious risk to people and for a span of time, we make the decision that we have to honor this or do this. Don't, don't hide behind commandments like love your neighbor, because that's just simply not an applicable thing for this conversation because at some point you're going to have to make a choice between loving your neighbor and 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 peaceably assembling that will be a choice you're going to have to make eventually sometimes you have to choose church of the unchurched church church of wolves yeah this is what i mean when i say we lack the theological fortitude to figure out what in the world to do yeah oh my goodness don't even get me started on church for the unchurched or church for people who hate church. I, all of this stuff is just foolishness. Um, I mean, seriously, if, if this is something that you're, you're pushing uh, out there and you're listening to this, come at me. I, I want to hear your best argument for finding unbelievers or angry former Christians, as you would probably call them, and bringing them into the church and thinking that that's going to make a church for you because you're lonely and or don't have followers and want more people. Um, that is dangerous stuff. And Tim um, said, um, come at him. So go at him. Don't come at me. Come at me, I, man. Tim I got other things. I got other things th- coming at me. So I'll let you handle that one. Bring it because th- this, this is an area that uh, gets me more hot under the collar than just about any other. 
Um, I would love to hear some questions about this one. Um, please send them in because, and, and, and even if you're not saying, hey, I think it's a good thing to bring unbelievers into the church because it'll make us better. Uh, even if you think, hey, this is, this is a valid thing for, um, for evangelism or something like this, I, I would love uh, to hear questions regarding it or, or clarifiers because there's a lot of confusion on that topic specifically and we are at an hour and i do not want to open that can of worms at this point because i would not stop talking yeah, for the next not, 45 minutes um that is definitely another episode and I, I think you know i think it's something that we should definitely talk about when it comes to church because obviously we want to evangelize we want to do things like that but it, there and again too i also think about the army concept of you know, I was in the army. There's these times that we're out in the field training, and then there's these right. times that we're back in the barracks, recouping um, as a company. We're cleaning that we're doing. Um, so, when when that time for us in the army together, as a platoon, as a team, as a company, all of these different type of types of hierarchical structures. Well, there's something important about that camaraderie, mm -hmm. safety, healing. Um, so we're not inviting the enemy in there in the barracks to sleep next to us and um, do life together um, because they're not doing life the way that they're we doing do death. it. Now, that doesn't mean yeah. that we do not purposely go out. And we engage, we engage as the army of God differently than we would say a military unit. Um, you know, we, we went out to kill. Um, <laughs> we're, we're going out to save people from death. Um, right. now that, that means that we've got to, to operate from the flames is how God, right. we, we got to operate in a similar fashion, meaning that, there, there is something important about corporate worship, a body of believers. There's something about intimate relationships, places of safety, and that happens on a lot of different levels. And if you see that this is exactly the way Jesus patterned his life and showed the disciples, he has three men he has a more intimate relationship with than the other um, disciples, but he's got 12 disciples. Then he had relationships outside of that. Then he had out relationships outside of that. Then he had his own yep. family. Then, you know, there, there's all of these types of different relationships that are right there in the Bible. If we just look, um, mm -hmm. and they just make sense. I mean, look, I can't, I, I can't have 12 really, really, really good friends. I just can't. Um, mm -hmm. first of all, I'm, a burden. <laughs> um, but when we're supposed to burden one another with, and look, you just can't, you can't do that with mm -hmm. 12 different people. But I, I've got a lot of friends. I'm very blessed to have some close, I'm blessed to have a family that I can lean on to. And right. all of these relationships matter. Well, the body of Christ, it's the same thing. Um, and, and so we just, we need mature people um to be able to look and keep the body of Christ safe you have people that are at different levels of maturity and then you have some people that are in death 
um, that are hopefully coming out of it that we're snatching from the flames. Sorry, I'm not mm-hmm. opening the doors. I'm not opening the gates to wolves. Not this no. guy. No. That's one of the functions of the church is to protect itself from false teaching. Um, and and when we're not talking about teaching. We're talking about wolves that come in that, that are maybe right. not even like from a... False teachers. Yeah. Right. I'm, uh, I don't even mean standing in the pulpit. Yeah. It may not be standing in the pulpit. It, it just may be... <laughs> sweet little old lady that lives around the corner that's like causing destruction um wolves in sheep's clothing um they're there uh now when when you find them you you need to be aware of them because there's a specific way you have to be able to handle it um and that's church discipline type things um yes it's strategic Guerrilla warfare is what we're engaging in. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we really need to look at that. We haven't really looked at things that way. I know in China, the church over there, uh, in mm-hmm. Syria, the church over there, they understand guerrilla warfare tactics mm-hmm. um, from a spiritual perspective. I'm not talking about going, blowing up buildings. No, we're talking about mm-hmm. nonviolent spiritual guerrilla type warfare. We've got to be wise and discerning definable sides and and i think that's one of the issues that came out of this christian cultural concept you know this idea that if we just you know make a moral majority and and elect moral people maybe christians but if not christians at least people are moral well what forget it just people that'll make moral laws or whatever that that's going to be a good thing that that's not the role of the church. Well, I mean, let's just go ahead and become Stoics and Stoicism. Because I mean, that's, right. I mean, that's right. that's absolutely ludicrous. Look, I'm I'm an okay guy. Tim, you're an okay guy. Yeah. But we're broken. Our hearts are inherently like we can't do and live and be moral up to the standard of God, even right. even as being believers in Christ in our own power can't happen. Law ain't gonna save us. Only Jesus is saving us. You want to close Amen, this out, brother? Oh, that's a perfect place to close off. Law ain't gonna save us. Jesus will. Father, we are we are grateful to be struggling through the history you've gifted to us. Yes. We thank you for placing us where we belong in the time period that we belong. For whatever purposes you have for us, we thank you. We thank you that you are not done. Mm. We thank you that the number of those whom you will save is not yet complete. Mm. Else, else that kingdom that is not yet would be already. Mm. And so we say the same thing with the apostle Paul as he wrote from prison those many years ago that we will suffer all things for the sake of the elect that they may be saved. Yes. We thank you that you are working all things after the counsel of your will, that you work all things towards that ultimate good for us who love you and are called according to your purpose, that there is nothing in heaven or on earth that can overturn you or stay your hand 
You are our savior. You are our guide. You are our king. And we will serve you as long as you grace us with breath and with energy. We pray that we do so without proud hearts. Yes. We do it with grateful hearts. Yes. But we do it with courageousness yes. because the days ahead will require such things. We pray that we operate not without fear, but that we operate within the auspices of fear. That we do good while being afraid. Yes. We thank you for this. We thank you for the gift of Christ, the gospel, in the midst of this dark, dark world trying to live after law. We thank you for Christ. We thank you for that wonderful light. We pray that he shines through us in spite of us. We thank you for all this in your son's name. for listening to Theology Untucked. Join us each week as we engage in all things theological, biblical, and cultural. These are the types of conversations we should be having in the church today, and we aim to play our part. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you'd like us to address, or a prayer request, please send them to us. You can reach me at Caleb at TheologyUntucked.com. Or you can reach me at Tim at TheologyUntucked.com. Do note that your prayer requests remain strictly confidential. We will not be sharing them on the show. For more information or to support the show, please visit TheologyUntucked.com. Lord's blessings to you all.